made of Is turd. it Brienne or is it Brian? Because oh, uh, the audiobook Brian. would have you mention uh, Brian. Brian. It's like, actually really? it's actually Brain. <laughs> oh, good. Pinky. Brain Tarth. <laughs> yeah. Nerf. I think that that guy's been sniffing too much uh, wildfire. I yeah. think that must be what it is. I think you can make your case for that, Micah. You know, well, at first I see it was Brienne. A- I'm gonna say Brienne. You know how in some countries, like some some names will be said like pronounced differently. Like say you have a Danish name, Søren. You wouldn't go out in the world and say Søren. You would say Soren, right? So if you want to say Brienne, then say Brienne. We're not mm. in Westeros. This is a different country. Brienne. It counts. So wait, we can just start calling people whatever we want? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we don't need them because we have our, our rainbow guard of, of wonderfulness where nothing nothing hurts and everything is beautiful in Camp Renly over here. Which I'm just enjoying while it lasts because I was blown away by how hurt my soul. everything in Camp Riley was <laughs> during this chapter. It's true. He's got you know, I never it's was a little on, oasis in the desert in us. I was never is. on Renly's side until I first read about all this food that is in these tents <laughs> and how everything is plentiful and people are happy and there's grass in the <laughs> there's middle of the desert. And there are tents things. and tourneys and women are beating on guys and it's like And and, and Renly is just like here's Brienne and she's nice and sure you can be in my rainbow guard and then he's like to the to the person in the who owns the keep he's like you know I would never hurt your daughters and it's just wonderful <laughs> could this guy not have become king it it's would have been the best and he looks so much ever. like Robert apparently yeah no one would have so noticed. much like Robert and here you feel bad for Stannis as well um looking at <laughs> I this. Don't. well it's it's Wednesday guys and uh, we should probably introduce uh just uh, the the other uh, hosts that are on this uh, show with you today. Uh, we got Zach over in the corner there, pretending not to uh, exist. Zach, hello. So 136 episodes in, we're going to introduce people in the beginning. All right, I got it. I'm Zach, everybody. I'm Zach, and you're everybody. Zach. Oh, my God, because yeah. I have been so confused. And uh, Micah, Micah is here. I, I think he saw some peaches and decided to go have some. Uh, Micah? Yeah, I'm here. I, I was talking at the beginning of the episode, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Were you? I, I lost track. Eric wasn't listening. Yeah. He's too focused on Renly and Whoa. the rainbow. We're here, guard. and we talked on Monday's episode. We talked about how uh, the, the chapters that we've got this week have a little bit of a an introductory uh, effort to them. You know, we get some new characters and stuff. So uh, it was in the spirit of that that we begin this show with uh, our introductions and our discussions. But, uh, you know, first it was the reads on Monday. And this week we're uh, on Earth today. Oh my god! I can't even. I'm freaking out, guys. A little bit. Team Renly and Team Brienne, my girl. Team Brienne. Let's not forget the the attractive one, Marjorie Tyrell. uh, Mm, Do you mean Loras? No, no Marjorie. Uh, Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. But him too. I mean, yeah. we get introduced yeah. to the Tyrells and the Night of Flowers. It's true. This is the first time we meet the Tyrells, you know, because I've just been, you know, because there's such a big presence in the show now. I was just like, oh, yeah, it's just the Tyrells. Mm-hmm. We know them. Isn't it there? No, we've met Loras that, before. That, or aren't they the reason that we have all this this food? Isn't it? Wasn't it considered, like, I think Catelyn calls it the bounty of Highgarden? Of Highgarden, yes. Yeah. So Do you guys just imagine been... Highgarden as this really like, like frugal, like place with, with like orchard, orchards and like all this stuff? Like, and all the colors are just somehow brighter at Highgarden. Yeah. You know, really yeah. green grass. And I would, I would have a home in Highgarden with a little it's dog. It's like where Big Mossy lives. 
That's a joke for all you non-native speakers. I just turned my head to the side like a dog. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm big mussy. That's the the story that you hear in school when you're trying to learn English. Anyway. Catelyn is sent as an envoy or an ambassador or in Rob's place, let us just say, um, because there's really nobody else to do the job and she doesn't really want to go because her father's ill. She kind of wants to spend some time with him. Um, but Rob sends her anyway to, to see Renly and obviously to, um, make an important, uh, alliance or allegiance or see what they can do on that front. Right. And if you need to sort of boil down, it's a lot like in episode one when Queen Amidala and her company went and visited the Gungans for the first time. It's a lot like that, Mm. except there's no fake Queen Amidala. And Catelyn is just there by herself. I think all of the nerd points that you've built up with the listeners with your obscure game references just fell right out the window. That's Big Muzzy! Yes, that's Big Muzzy. I know Big Muzzy. Oh, do you? I do. I know this cartoon, this whole damn thing. (laughs) You know, one thing that I was expecting that I didn't (laughs) see... sorry. (laughs) Damn it, Zach. I was Sorry. so close to keeping it together. Okay, go ahead. I saw the fire and I had the wildfire <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to keep throwing it on it. Yep. Go on, Eric. Save us. I was expecting to see Marguerite react. And I'm going to call her Marguerite, by the way. Okay, you know, then. it's Marjorie. Go for I it. Think, wouldn't it be cooler if it was like a, I guess it's called a hard G. When uh, this big burly woman who just kicked Loris's ass comes up and asks for uh, to, to a place on Renly's Rainbow Guard. So oh that she God. can protect him so that her sword can be his sword, or I think his sword can be her sword. I'm not quite sure. They're talking about Renly's sword, and I'm getting a little distracted. But, you know, she kind of wants to be his everything. It's very, very clear. And yeah. uh, Marguerite isn't like, back the fuck off. I got you. Well, you know, I None think that. that's very obvious. I think that's because... Brienne, I mean, she's mocked by everybody, you know, nobody except, you know, nobody takes her seriously. And this is what, this is one of the things that I just love about Renly is that Renly, I mean, he does, he takes her seriously. He makes her a member of his Rainbow Guard. I can't say it with straight face, uh, but he does, he makes, he makes, I really do. I love, I love this part of the book because it just shows Renly's character, I mean, it's kind of the same as later in the chapter when he and Catelyn are leaving the tent and somebody, some guard messes up some salute or whatever, and Renly just laughs it off and claps him on the shoulder. And you can argue how well that kind of person is going to do in battle. But as a king, I mean, there's a reason why everybody likes him so much. And it's because he... Like, he doesn't listen to the people that laugh, you know, at Brienne. He doesn't take part in the laughs. He just sees that she's a good fighter, and he gives her a spot in his garden. I think that's wonderful, you know? Team Renly all the way. I'm remembering uh, something else here, too. I mean, I think we were going through book one. Zach, I remember you saying specifically, like, why wouldn't Renly make, like, the coolest king? And it's for these reasons that he is just kind of a cool guy. And all the things that were good about uh, Robert, you know, his looks... Maybe his, mm-hmm. I, I think his smile, I think Catelyn at one point his talks gen- about it. His Com- genial his nature, you know, the fact that Coming so easy. Him, yeah. He, yeah, the laugh coming so easy. All the things that were good about him. And I think even Renly touches on it um, when he asked the man how many daughters he has. And he says two. And he's like, well, if I were my brother, you mm-hmm. know, what's yours would be mine. Da, 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 but I'm not. So have some food. You yes. know, it's just really nice um, kind of. Oh, he's got all of Robert's best qualities. And he's also got a, a bitchin' wife 
who brings a lot of food. Barbara was a bloodthirsty warrior, though. Mm-hmm. Something that Renly has not proven Renly himself. And that's what Renly doesn't have. And that I think that's you know, and and but I think that's why. I mean, in the game of of kings and in the game of thrones, Renly is inferior to a lot of the other people playing. But I think just as us as readers, we've spent now almost a book and a half with these selfish, you know short-sighted bloodthirsty people and i think coming to renly's camp i mean it literally is like an oasis you know it's like here everything is lovely i mean it's just a relief you know here everybody's actually treated fairly you know in every other every other place brienne would not have this kind of a, a break it's a massive camp of forward thinkers essentially we we get introduced to it and when catelyn's riding in we basically understand the grand scale of it all through her eyes basically what she's seeing is an incredibly well put together army full of happy people that are confident because they have they have siege they're engines they have and war yeah. machines they're young mm-hmm. they're energetic they have all these newly smith weapons and now when she visits the camp they're celebrating they're have a, having a tournament why because Rinley's an idiot and he's wasting time no because this goes back to the point you made eric you were saying that i i said ages ago that uh Rinley would have been a good king because he was cool yes definitely but zooming out a bit on that you know to to make it less shallow because that's a funny joke to make but in reality i i see Rinley as an incredible leader because of his ability mm. to have hope and because of his ability to have charisma and because of his ability to have real confidence that's not masked under something that is uh, an ulterior motive, but real confidence that he can win this war. And we see in the the end of this chapter that this isn't just an idea that he had and that he's ignoring Stannis forever. What he's saying is that he believes this is the same as Robert's rebellion before, you know, who is the big brother or not be damned. He wants to take over and see the kingdom ran. And from what we see in this camp, I think he's doing a pretty good job of managing people, of being a good leader. You know, everyone seems to be in high spirits. And until this was crudely taken away from us, this reality, you know, I think this would have been the actual bright light of future in Westeros. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. point. It's similar to that moment when John gets taken uh, by the wildlings and he, he goes over that cliff and he looks down and he sees all of Mance Raider's army. I almost imagine Catelyn doing something similar. You know, she talks with Renly about numbers later on, but just understanding the full scope of how many people he's rallied to his cause. Numbers-wise, in the game, he's far and above anybody else at this point. And it goes to a lot of what you guys were talking about earlier. People like him. He's a likable individual. Yeah, and I mean, even in the show, they were playing Renly off of Stannis. There's this threat of Stannis because... But but he just seems to be overlooked. And even from Stannis' perspective earlier in this book, it was clear everybody was just kind of like, yeah, Stannis is, mm, yeah, so Renly all the way. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's quite, makes him quite bitter, Stannis, obviously, but Stannis is the one who's the warrior, you know, to your point, Zach, too, that he's the one with the bloodthirsty lust that Robert had. Um, but that's basically all Stannis has. And so he's bitter and stodgy and he's not, Friendly. At the same time, though, how battle-tested could somebody like Renly be? I mean, he they say he's 21 uh, mm. in, in this chapter, and you have to wonder, knowing what he's fought in, Renly, he's he's a young kid. Well, Stannis has, uh, I mean, fought, he's, he's fought complete, you know, starvation of his men, having, having to eat the leather of your boots, that kind of stuff. You know, clearly Stannis is the more equipped for a battle, but once you 
you know, as a king, once you've defeated your opposition and you're actually sitting the throne, you know, then the stateliness of it all, the cordial, you know, nature of your being has to come, come into play. Like it was the situation with Robert, you know, essentially is he was this great warrior, but kind of a shit king because, you know, he kind of just sat to drinking and, and, and made it all, made fun of it all. Didn't take it seriously enough. You need someone who's going to take the matters of state seriously enough. Uh, you know, not just be able to win, which I think Stannis would or Renly may with his vast armies here now. But, you know, once you've won the war for your own, uh, you know, kingdom, then you have to actually be a, a kind of a good ruler. And so we're seeing that Renly is just kind of the guy who would be cool to, to see on the throne. But whether or not he can get there is the question of the book. There's a good handful of exploratory ways you can look at all of these things. Who holds what characteristics? Who doesn't hold this characteristic? And I think at the end of the day, what plays out, plays out. That's the only thing that can really not be argued because the rest of it, you know, flies up to opinion, what we believe about who, how that affects them, where. I mean, there are varying, varying, varying different kinds of savvies that a leader can have and that a leader can use in his arsenal as being a leader or as being a, le a leader of the seven kingdoms. And I think that the trade-offs that come with our different leaders here, I believe that Renly, if he was the one that ended up in the throne at the end, you know, story aside, lore aside, he's the most level-headed, you know, state of government kind of person that I could see actually making it turn into a prosperity versus what's happening now. Right. But ultimately, he has to surround himself with the right people in order to win this game. And I think that's one thing that he's done an extremely good job of, at least from what we see in this chapter. You look at Loris, uh, you look at uh, Brienne, Amongst the other families that have, you know, when, when he called his banners, they, even some of his brothers, um, you know, bannermen or his, I guess his family's bannermen have, have come to him as opposed to Stannis. And, and we learned that, uh, really back in, in, was it the prologue or the first Davos chapter where, uh, you know, Stannis is kind of belly aching over the fact that uh, he's lost some of his bannermen to, uh, to, to Renly. So, um, there, there was one point uh, that uh, Catalan said Renly looked like a ghost, and and I'm, I made a note of that, and I'm trying yeah. to remember exactly where, and I thought it was a bit of a tip of the cap to events that transpire a little bit later on in this book. And we've talked a lot about you know sort of the upside of of what Renly's doing, but Catalan has a completely different perspective on this. I mean, she sees it as the you know he's he's playing games while there's this huge war that's about to take place. It's interesting, though, because, you know, we see this camp and we see all of this liberalism that is happening. And we see the way this party is handling their side of the fight. And, you know, we have Catelyn's cracks that are along the lines of we're not playing war. We are actually having war, not tournaments. Or he's not the Lord of Winterfell. He's the king in the north. And I feel as if she's misjudged him in a way. But after being given his private pavilion and seeing how luxurious they do travel and seeing how, you know, I can see how slow this would be that they have to move all of this stuff. <laughs> She's like, you no know, wonder they take forever to move. Right. He's got all of his armor, everything that's dear to him in his badass mobile bedroom. Which I'm completely, completely jealous of. It's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. It's like the Barbie dream house. <laughs> oh, my God. Held up by ropes and it's mobile. And other people do it for you. <laughs> You're right. I think she 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 misjudges him in a way. 
You know, it, I think that she needs to realize that there's even one point where Renly says, yeah, Rob can be called whatever he wants. Titles are, are just that. They're titles, you know. They're, and I, I think that there could have been a really great alliance that took place here. So so in true Renly fashion, uh, you know, we talked about how this is, is really kind of like you're happening on a, on a grandiose scale, right? He's having tournaments and, and he's living the life of luxury on the road. And, of course, what would all of this be after a tournament uh, if it didn't have a great feast? And so we are uh, we're taking kind of inside, and we, and we get insight into a lot of different characters, right? I mean, we we hear from Loris, we hear from Marjorie, uh, we hear from Catalan as well as Renly, and uh, they're all having a good time. It 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 kind of mirrored what was happening back in Winterfell, um, you know, during the Brand chapter, you know, where it got to the point where these guys were just getting drunk and they were grabbing <laughs> things that they shouldn't be grabbing. <laughs> They were dancing. It is said that large parties are better than small parties because you can have moments of alone time at a large party, less more likely that you can have at a small party because everyone sees each other. And that is exactly what our heroes here in this chapter are doing. They're trying to talk while everyone else is having a great time, essentially. Yeah, except us. <laughs> yeah, except us. We weren't invited. Uh, <laughs> we're sulking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's really cool. And, you know, especially, you know, me and my Brienne radar is on and see even even her is uh, getting to enjoy her place at the high table, even though, of course, she's struggling with uh, not wanting to look anyone in the eye. Can I just say, you know, as a as a girl who's reading this chapter, having lines like Catelyn's, you know, th- that thing, she, line she has in her head when she goes, you know, there's no creature as unfortunate as an, um, as an, ugly, an ugly woman, woman. or something. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, like, my heart is just breaking. It's just, this is one of the, one of the, I think, the best and most... Um, complex well, characters babe, that has know. been created she, she yeah i know and, <laughs> and she's probably it's funny as well because in scenes like this you get sort of the you can see that catelyn and, and sansa are related or, or have the same you know where where sansa's getting some of that not that catelyn's necessarily shallow and obviously sansa's a young girl and, and all young girls to the extent but if you look at someone like Arya, for example who's had of a totally different mindset Mm. That yet here you have these two yep. highborn girls who really do know the importance of looks in this these kinds of situations. Oh yeah, I mean if Arya saw Brienne, she would just be like, like "She's her, so cool, her jaw I want to be drop, like her." And she'd be yeah. like, "You're right. my hero." You know <laughs> yeah. exactly the I love your blue armor. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that she's looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, whereas with Catelyn, it's like, well, okay, this is unfortunate. You know, yep. her lips are too wide and. You know, she's like this, that, the other thing. And then when she takes her armor off and Catelyn sees her without the armor, she's like, oh, this is unfortunate. You know, it's like whatever, whatever armor gave her, she just now it just looks broad and it doesn't work. Nothing works. And I thought Brienne looked great in the show. Obviously, you know, she's a large, strong warrior, which there's no there's not really an actual negative associated with that. No. But here here in the book, there are, you know, kind of abnormalities that George is just listing off all of these things that ail Brienne, the actual Brienne in the book. Yeah. And it's much more harsh than we had to see in the show. And I think that's why Catelyn is so like hard on this. So it's so it's another reason why we're so we're rooting for Brienne and her success, and and we as readers are rooting for Renly for allowing her that success. You know all these kind of things. It's a really feel good chapter. You know, 
We don't get a lot of those. The the questioning that Catelyn had in her mind about Renly, pretty much this entire chapter, because, you know, he did a great job of being able to sort of stave off the more sharper comments she made. And he did a really good job of, of just being accepting of everyone in general, including Brienne's mm-hmm. just very, very eagerness at her new job. She was so earnest, you know, just even butting in to Catelyn when she called him um, my lord instead of your grace. Yeah. Renly says something along the lines of, yeah, there is very little difference between those two things, essentially. But um, I was really glad that the two of them actually got to speak, meaning Catelyn and Renly, because this is what our entire chapter was for. You know, at the yeah. beginning, she was sent off to go get some business done. And up until this point, we really haven't had anything ultra-personal get said. But here, we get to learn some of the ins and outs of what's happening in the future as far as this war is concerned. And it was very interesting. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Selena the uh the loyalty factor that Brienne has do you think is it a mix of just being enamored with with Renly from from a physical standpoint or do you just think it's an internal drive of hers to be this really strong-willed soldier i think that she is a soldier who has been looking for a cause you know she's a a, a warrior who's been looking for a fight and you know the fact that Renly says something about her father probably indicates that House Tarth, they are loyal to Renly, which would then make sense for her to join his army. And then I think she's sort of just, he is everything that she has been looking for, you know? It's kind of like, I mean, she joined the cause because of, of her house's loyalty, but then she has just, you know, she has, be, you know, fallen in love with this guy and she wants to do anything to protect him. I, I imagine that it's kind of similar to, I mean, based on the show, it's kind of similar to what happened with Loris, you know? Yeah. And what happens really, I mean, without the romantic aspect, what happens with a lot of of, um, these young knights who pledge their allegiances to these other young people that they want to rise up because they believe so strongly in them. Just for for Brienne, there's something romantic in there too. It's also the possibility that, you know, in in his kingdom, there is a place for, uh, you know, a big woman to, to Mm -hmm. to be in a prominent position. Um, so there's that too, and that that could be a reason for her loving him or developing feelings. But in general, he's just more accepting, I think, than most other people would be, which I think we just said basically. Did anybody also find it a bit ironic when he's about to go off, Renly's about to go off and have that conversation with Catalan that you know Brienne tries to stop them and say, "Oh, I'll you know, let me go with you," and he said, "Well." You know, if if I basically if I can't be safe in my own camp, where can I be safe? They're, t- I mean, they're talking, and I mean, I think they're having pretty open and honest dialogue uh, about Ned at one point, uh, mm-hmm. and how Renly basically uh, said, "Look, I I offered to help him out, and his honor and his pride got in the way." And Catelyn sees it a different way, and you know, they they start talking about battle tactics though and and i you know i mentioned this before i really believe it i think there could have been this great alliance really between renly i agree renly seems to think so um you know basically they they shoot the numbers around to their troops and uh renly's got like i think it's eighty thousand men another 10 on the way a bunch of other you know people from the outlying cities and rob's got another 40 or 50 so that's like a hundred and 50,000 men when all is said and done. And the only thing, the only thing that holds this back from happening is is the Stark's damn sense of duty that they can't get over the fact that Stannis is the elder brother. And I, I just think it's so ironic because, I mean, Renly says this himself, they are, they are talking about succession 
from a guy who took the throne by force. Yeah. You know, like they're well, honestly yeah. arguing. They're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, but Stannis is the rightful king. And it's like, well, he's he's only the rightful king as far as Robert was the rightful king. And Robert was only the rightful king because he took the throne from the Targaryens. So it yeah. just, you know, to that sense, it, that argument has never, you know, people that are on, on Stannis' side and, you know, what happens later in the books, that's that's irrelevant for now. For right now, I think that Renly has a very good claim based on the fact that he just simply would make a better king. He's been in King's Landing with Robert all this time. Stannis hasn't, you know, all of those things. Wow. It's such a, it's, it's just, <laughs> and I love it. I love this part of the story. We've got two brothers, both wanting the same thing. We've got their friends that are essentially going at it with them. You know, it's so funny because all these ruling classes pretty much know each other and, or mm, yeah. are, or were kinned at a certain time. And they're all jumping allegiances all the time. You know, you always have like three generations back, you fought the Targaryens against blah, blah, blah. And so therefore now you shall bend the knee. It's just, it's so funny. It, it's true. In reality, they just need to go have one of these parties together, you know? <laughs> yeah, but some knife jugglers, some mead, it'll be, it'll work out. I don't mm. think Stannis would have too much fun uh, at one of those. He just doesn't <laughs> seem like the party guy. I think with enough wine, he could have a little bit of fun, yeah. honestly. But yeah. He, he is the ultimate party crasher in this chapter, though. He really is. It was uh, such a nice conversation they were having, overlooking the twinkling fires of Renly's army. Conversations about the numbers and what was going to happen after all the bad things were over. And then a writer comes up and calls for Renly, and we find out. Storm's end is under attack. <laughs> Stannis is here. Stannis is coming. That is how the chapter ends. Which means it's time for Owns. Owns are those little things that we like to talk about that happened inside of stuff. It's part of our podcast. You guys know about them. You know, even though Selena likes uh, Brienne so much, I'm pretty sure she gave her own to Catelyn in this chapter, didn't you? <laughs> I did not. I know how much you like giving Owns Why to would I do that? chapter it is. I, I know, I know oh, how much you like giving Owns Oh, yeah, yeah, just chapter. to spite you? No, my love yeah. for Brienne actually overruled my, my desire oh, to spite you. So wow. I am, I mean, Brienne gets my own. Okay. Would you have expected anything less? Actually, Renly <laughs> should get my own, but no, I'm going to give it to Brienne because she she kicked Loras' ass and I love it. She did. She's owning up and being herself and it's beautiful. Do you, you remember the line from that, Selena, that Renly had? He said, I've seen Loras unhorsed a few times, but never in that way. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I didn't pick up on that at all, but uh, I, I love it. I love everything about that. I have to give my own to Stannis for crashing the party. Someone had to do it. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of giving mine to uh, to Don Henley for inspiring Catelyn's quote where she says, these are the boys of summer and winter is coming. <laughs> but, oh, wow. That's hopefully good. We, That's can play, we should play out with that song because I don't know that everybody knows what I'm referring to. You will by the end of this episode. Um, it's true. Our lawyers will. are coming with swords, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, but, then, but then my own naturally has to go to Brienne's story about winter and summer. Uh, I'll quote it here. Winter will never come for the likes of us. Should we die in battle, they will surely sing of us, and it's always summer in the songs. Yeah, mm. and all the maids are pretty, and all the all nights, nights are, are gallant, all maids are beautiful, mm. and the sun is always shining. <laughs> and the air smells like warmer beer yes. in Albuquerque. I want to give just a, and who doesn't uh, want to be a rainbow guard? Can we just talk about if I was going to be in a guard, I would be in the rainbow guard. I'd want to be just in saying, like look at those the, capes, the kitchen guard. I think, be, yeah. <laughs> Could you try this soup? Don't it might touch be poison. I need to check that roast quail. Is it poison? Give me all the bread. 
Yeah. We're gonna need one, one scoop of every bowl of mashed potatoes here. Yeah. I was just gonna give a uh, a shout a separate own. I, we need to come up with with like the these. What do you call it? It's it's just like a. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm basically giving two owns because I thought the the way <laughs> honorable that, mention. Yeah, honorable yeah. Mention. Honorable mention. There you go. The way that Catalan went. I know uh, your body. Toe to toe to toe with uh, <laughs> Sam's dad. Randall Tarley, mm, yes, was awesome. There's so much information in these chapters, everybody, and we cannot tell you enough how much we'd like for you to read along with us because it's chapters like this that really exemplify for me the rich detail in these stories, and that's half the battle. Well, everybody knows that this is the point of the show after we've given our owns, where we source your owns from the interwebs. How does how does one source? I, I like that word, but source is a good word. It is. And sometimes we do get owns that aren't necessarily relating to the chapter, but they are certainly owns. I think you'd all agree. For instance, Matthew Potter, who tweeted us uh, an own, he said, totally met Maisie Williams today. Woot woot. Happy dance. Mm-hmm. So to- that was Toko Masho. Nice work. met uh, Maisie Williams. How about that? That's pretty cool. Speaking of a well-liked source of information and things, we have a comment on our Monday episode from Sunspear, who wrote on winnerscoming.net and replied to a comment I made about food. And it goes, Rinley is bad at war. He's throwing tourneys and getting his old men injured, and he's wasting resources hauling around a bunch of junk with him. But he's also taken hundreds of farmers off their fields when winter is coming to do essentially nothing. If he's not going to attack King's Landing, he doesn't need to assemble an army that size. Own of the episode goes to Catalan for they are the nights of summer and winter is coming. Right, Don? I see what they did there, right? <laughs> yeah, nicely done. Well, we got something that was a partial own, I imagine, because it wasn't quite formed in the uh, phrase. This is an own. Just like, uh, you know, when you're with a genie and you give wishes, but you don't begin it with I wish. It's that sort of thing. This tweet just says, OMG, Renly is such a badass. <laughs> So I'm assuming, and it's it's, but it's at replying us, or it's coming to us. So it does say owns. It's in there somewhere. Game, but it's in there somewhere. You could, it's a stretch, a little bit of a stretch, but you can you can imagine that this person is giving the own to Renly. That was uh, Ariana Stark on Twitter. I, I like to think his owns as being all encompassing. You know, we there are very very specific times where we have owns that are applicable to exactly what we read or what we saw, but then there's also you know, just just the responses, the replies, like Toko Masho talking about meeting Maisie Williams. I think it all kind of falls under that. Um, but we did get a very specific own from Susan Stacy at Black Eyed Lily on Twitter, and uh, she said, "Brienne totally owned Renly's little rose, as the <laughs> Red Viper will call Loras Terrell." In the future, little bah, bah, Rose. Bah. This is this is. Oh, I don't want to be spoiled. I don't care for From, it. Uh, our good friend uh, Pluisa. I hope she's using that name um, in real life, in public now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she <laughs> says for Cat Chapter Two, only two question mark. Anyway, uh, own to Stannis for interrupting Renly's rant, even from miles away. Yeah. <laughs> knock knock. Who's yeah. there? Interrupting Stannis. Interrupting Stannis who storms at his breach. What a swell knock knock joke, Eric. Thank you. Mm. What better time than to tell everybody about a little website that Selena writes on called <gasps> hypable.com. 
Hypable.com yeah, is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. I can and also right now do they're it doing backwards, but that might be confusing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, can we talk? About, can we talk about the fact, Go Game of Thrones listeners? I'm going to explain to you how we do battleships and hypable.com, which is, of course, we pair two relationships up against each other. This today's battleships is a, a Song of Ice and Fire relationships, which is very. Um, for this week, very appropriate. It is, of course, Jamie Brienne. They are up against Twilight's Bella and Edward. Who? And Ooh. I know. Mm. Jamie Brienne, I'm going to see if I can see the results here. It might not show me. Are currently losing. Uh, they have 21% uh, against Bella and Edward 79. Can we just talk about what a travesty this is in every possible you know, Bella way? Bella and Edward. I am were disappointed. Really written, Let's just go vote. Together. We should vote. That's yeah, I'm sure yes. that's going to make Please, all the difference. There's vote. been 13,500 votes. Wow. That's um, pretty good. I know. And you know what? It's it's funny, actually, because, you know, everyone's always like, oh, everyone hates time? Twilight. No, you can only wait to vote once. But clearly they don't because people have come out in force. Bella and Edward have over 10,000 votes. Well, we have larger numbers than they, and we will come from the south and stampede upon their walls. I am, I am crying. It's a, it's a sad day for me. Wipe those tears, Selena, because Micah <laughs> has to introduce iTunes. Okay, <laughs> that's going to cheer me right up. Well, uh, <laughs> another way that you can leave us feedback is by heading on over to iTunes, the place you most likely downloaded uh, this episode and are now listening to uh, in your ear holes. And uh, mm-hmm. on iTunes, we ask that you just. Uh, Give us some feedback. There's a uh, entry form for a uh, a review. There's also an option. Basically, there's a, there's a thing where you you click stars and you write words, and they all add up. And we want you to make sure that there are five stars, and you can write whatever you want. On Monday's episode, we said for you to tell us a story. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, awarding the best one um, a a um, free set of camel balls. Uh, which, we will, uh, which we will ship to you. Uh, it is hump day, so it's appropriate that we uh, give this away. Um, it's candy, everybody that missed that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's real live candy that exists somewhere in the world. And unlike France. Twitter, you're not listed, uh, li- limited to uh, 140 characters. Uh, you can tell the story uh, however you like. Uh, tell us, tell us a story about camels. Basically, uh, that should be. Don't do that. What you do? <laughs> yes. A review. I have a great video to share with you guys later on. Actually. Uh, oh, so I can't if you wait. Too would like to receive camel balls. Please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a review with five stars. Tell us a story, perhaps personal experiences you've had with them in your life, uh, and, and we will uh, make sure we award the best one appropriately. So uh, as we leave Hump Day <laughs> and head on over to. Uh, Friday. Enjoy your Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Zach. I'm Eric. I'm Selena. And I like it. All right. Take it away, Don. Don.